Please don't hump my lamb. Dude, I am seven fingers in the Jim Beam. Get the fucking chili hot dog out of my face. Your next comedian coming to the stage. He's so funny. He's such a hoot. And making yeah, sure let me shove this well. baby out of my out of my juiced up jibs and then stoner and the fat man. Fuck you, Mark. Mark, pull up, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back. This is the Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Poulos, as always. And back for a third time. Third time's the charm. My wife, beautiful wife, Anita. That's right. I am beautiful. Thank you. So it is... uh, May 3rd, 2014, we are in Dubuque, Iowa. I am competing in the Comedy 10K. I am doing a set in the semifinals tonight. And we're uh, just hanging out in the hotel and figured, why not do a podcast? So uh, what we've decided to cover in this podcast is to uh, break down the walls of one of our favorite movies and uh cut it apart willy wonka and the chocolate factory i like sweet sugary candies and cookies <laughs> of course i would like a movie that fetishizes oh fetishizes <laughs> that's right I, I like that word it's a good word <laughs> thank you so moving on <laughs> did it just get dark was creepy all right well our listeners can't tell well they can they can see this they can see things i hope not so willy wonk on the chocolate factory it was uh it was a film based on uh the popular book charlie in the chocolate factory which they uh i guess made more of a direct uh adaptation of that book later on with uh johnny depp and uh tim burton which I was not a fan of at it all. It was a terrible film. Why Why fix what's not broken? Yeah. Why redo it? I just I mean, come it doesn't on. make any sense. There's just so many great lines and songs in that original movie. And, and I suppose it was probably tough for Johnny Depp to try to fill the shoes of uh, oh. the great Gene Wilder as uh, Willy Wonka. So. Uh, it seems like a terrible waste of resources, but anyway. So I figured we... Uh, we just go through it scene by scene and uh, give our comments on it. Because there are some strange parts of this movie that they never really explain. And they just kind of let go with no explanation. And I think it starts immediately in the beginning of the film. When he's uh, coming home. Uh, Charlie's coming home and he stops to see the, the Wonka factory. And there's just some weird guy there. <laughs> With a cart Selling full of meat knives. <laughs> what the? <laughs> Who's who? Who who rolls around with a cart full of knives? Well, besides us, but ever I can't I imagine anyone else doing it. We don't have a cart full well, of knives. What we, are you talking about? Well, it's that thing that you don't wood have, block. You don't have to hold that up. You can in. just keep that down now. Okay. Those are just brief notes that I made because I well, I take this podcast seriously. I don't fly from the hip like oh some people. God. I just fly from the hip because I can. What 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 are, you, what are your thoughts on the man with the meat cleavers? I think he's a real nut. 
<laughs> but he's so creepy. He is creepy. The one thing I have to say about the movie, though, is that it makes it seem like it's set in, like, England somewhere. Because all the street signs, like, I feel like Isn't they must it? have filmed there. No, because they make it seem, like, because him and his mother and everything all speak... Don't have any accents. Yeah, I and suppose. all the friends. And no the, one has accents except for the science yeah. teacher. And a lot of the winners are from America. Do they ever sure. say where Charlie Bucket is from? No, I don't know that they do. If anyone actually knows that, comment on one yeah. of our pages because <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I guess we could have. It seems like it's. It, but I think I seem like. Well, somewhere do on the it East right Coast. now. All right. Well, you're the. You're the information part All of right. this I'm gonna podcast. Google. I'm going to Google this. Anyway, you go while ahead we, while, while we talk about that, is uh, he delivers papers is one of his jobs. And then when it's payday, the guy pays him, and then he just throws his papers randomly in people's yards. And I was always wondering whether or not those are actual subscribers or if he's just getting rid of his papers for the day so he can go home. Comment? I'm not listening. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm Googling. Thank you very much. <laughs> so he, uh, he comes home to uh, his mother and his four grandparents because apparently his father is passed away. At least that's the way they make it seem. And here are these four grandparents who, from the mother's own words, they have been bedridden for 20 years. So this poor lady is taking care of an eight-year-old and four old people that can't get out of bed. And she's working two jobs. That sounds horrible to have to change four bedpans like ten times a day. Because old people, they go a lot. Not a little bit, but a lot. Mm-hmm. But he, <laughs> he comes this in. This is really titillating information. Ay, ay, ay. Okay, comes, so, all right, let me interject this information. Please. Okay, so I found that it was filmed in Munich, but they don't say where Charlie is from, even though it seems like everyone is either has an American accent or has... A British accent, so it doesn't make sense to yeah. me. But I mean, I guess I get the idea. So anyway, and isn't it the only the one kid out of the five that was from like a different country? Uh, no, nope. they say uh, Baruch Assault was from England, and then, was she? Yep. Oh, and then um, Veruca Darling. See, I mean, it's that's my best Cockney. <laughs> they have been shouting how to pause it now, now. They have been shouting that since Monday. <laughs> They have a show oh. that's nuts since Monday. And he's giving him pound, a pound, <laughs> yeah. a 10 pound increase. You're going to pay Paris and your fucking... And you pay buggy. No yeah. pay package. Buggy? Well, yeah, I think that's what they no, call it. No, he says it. pay package. Oh, is that what he says? Yeah. <laughs> pay buggy or pay bucket? I wasn't what, sure What are your said. thoughts on my uh, uh, Veruca Salt's father's accent? So moving on, let's... <laughs> Mr. <okay>. Salt. <laughs> but he comes in, and uh, they're eating cabbage water, and uh, he gets all incredulous about it, and then he goes, how about this? And then he pulls a loaf of bread out of his bag, 
So now they are going to have bread and cabbage water for dinner, and then he gives his grandpa money for tobacco. I don't get it. And? They're so poor. Is there poor. anything else to this? They're oh. so poor. Why is he giving him money? And why is he giving a man who's bedridden for 20 years money? He hasn't been out of his pajamas in 20 years. Yeah, yeah meaning that they were, like, they're the ones that are going out to buy. Maybe yeah. he's ordering it online. How do you know these things? <laughs> this is not, no. He'd still have this to go to the bank, of... deposit the money, <laughs> then order online. Yes. Put it in his PayPal account. That's right. And purchase tobacco off of eBay. That's right. So, anywho's, yeah. Yeah. I always thought the, because uh, right around this time is when the newscaster starts showing up, mm-hmm. who does all the news reports, and I always thought he was kind of, kind of a funny boy. We started with five golden tickets, like five lucky bolts of lightning. Where are they going to strike? And then it strikes first. In Dusseldorf? Dusselheim. But, Dusseldorf. Yep. And his name is? Oh, shit. Augustus Gloob. Augustus Gloob. <laughs> there it is. And they make a point to have that stupid newscaster standing in front of the, the deer antlers so they look like he's coming out of his head. <laughs> that is actually yeah. kind of funny. So let me ask you this. Yeah. Because we did chat about this when we saw the movie. Have you ever in your life mm-hmm. been so hungry that you ate a microphone? Yes. No, actually. get out no. of here. You have never oh, okay. eaten a microphone. Uh, what do candy microphones count? <laughs> they don't have candy microphones. That explains why I've never had one. All right. Well, no, then I don't think I have. It doesn't make any sense. He asked the father a question at dinner, and then he just eats the microphone. And then he just continues on with his schnoozle and his froffers. Like everything. Those are things, right? No, it's like <laughs> spatzel and fratzel. I got schnitzel, some schnitzel and some kraut here. Oh, jeez. That, that's my German accent. Did it's, it work? It's lovely. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> so this is, the, uh, this is the first occasion that we get to see Slugworth. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a problem with Slugworth because... Spoiler alert, uh, at the end of the film, we find out that that guy is not Slugworth. He's a guy that works for Willy Wonka. But the biggest problem I've had with this movie all the way through, is there a Slugworth? No. I think Slugworth was supposed to, um, he was supposed to basically uh, um, be a metaphor for the other candy competitors because Wonka was the big thing and you know the story behind Wonka was that um, Nestle wanted I think it, I think Wonka's a Nestle company and they wanted to make this movie to push their new brand so that was the idea was that they uh, you I mean you'll have to google the details on it but I know it was something based around they bought the rights to this move this book so that they could push their own brand so they wanted to make a Wonka brand so before the film, were they making Willy Wonka candies? I don't think so, unless they were, and then 
they bought the rights because I think that they'd have to buy the rights to the Wonka name because it was Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So I'm I don't know I haven't read the book so I don't know if Wonka is a name in there or whatever. But somehow I know. Well, that yeah, because they call him Willy Wonka in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the, the movie. movie. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know in the book if oh, that was his name I think or it if is. it was added. Yeah. So either way, I know that somehow they wanted to buy the rights to this film as a marketing idea to bring Push the forth candy? the wow. name of the candy. I never knew any of this. I so learned this is, that uh, in college a long time a, ago. <laughs> why were you learning about Willy Wonka it's a mar- in college? It was a marketing, oh. was a marketing <laughs> plan or thing that I, yeah. Anyway, so it's so, kind of like the MetLife thing. No, we won't I'm talk about that. I'm not at liberty to speak about that, but thank you. Anyway... <laughs> So he eats a microphone, and then we find out that the first person is this uh, this fat dude from Germany, mm-hmm. Augustus Gloob. So then what's the... Uh... Oh. <laughs> I think what? one of my favorite things about this movie is how much of a sad sack Charlie is. Oh, my God. He <laughs> He's needs... such a sad sack. He needs his own little trumpet behind him going, wah, wah. <laughs> He's Debbie Downer. Because he comes home for his birthday soon after that. They have a scene where he gets a scarf from the ladies and then a candy bar from the guys. And then he turns around and he opens it up and he goes, I got it! And then they go, let's see! And he goes, fooled you, didn't I? Fooled you, didn't I? Oh, wah, wah. That was the saddest joke ever. Sorry, sad sack. (laughs) Well, there's going to be... People are going to win this, but it's not going to be me in case you're wondering. (laughs) That's the other one as he goes to see his his mom at the laundromat. Right. And by laundromat... At the laundry keymaker's closet. got a bucket and a rock. (laughs) And he's just hanging about. And he's like... uh, so they found another ticket, and uh, I wonder who the lucky ones will be. It won't be me, in, in case, case you're, you're wondering. wondering. If you're counting on me, count it out. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, sad man. He really is such a little sad sack. And then he, uh, and I think it was really soon after that, he's hanging out with uh, with his grandpa. His grandpa. And he buys him another chocolate bar with his tobacco money. And uh, so they're they're all like secret about opening the candy bar. And then there's not a golden ticket in it. And he says again, he goes, I bet those tickets make the chocolate taste terrible. And then his grandpa hugs him and they cry together. Well, for me, I feel like that was actually him being kind of positive because, you know, he's like, uh, there is a bright side, and it, I bet it makes it, you know, I was trying to make himself feel better. But still, I think that's, he is kind of a little depressing little little dude. He's quite a sad man. Mm-hmm. So after this is when we actually meet uh, Veruca Salt for the first time at the uh, the salt factory where they make their bread and butter from uh, shelling peanuts, apparently, is... They don't really explain it, but uh, I guess they shell peanuts for a living mm-hmm. is their job. And well, I think Salty Nuts is the name of the company. Like I believe it says, there's a sign that says "Salts Nuts" or something like that. That's very clever. Yeah. Because their name is Salt, and nuts Henry have salt and on it. That's right. <laughs> the salts, and they are quite salty. Yeah. The daughter is anyway. The, the the part in 
in this scene that always kills me every time I watch it, and I don't think people notice it as much, is when the father and Veruca are like freaking out over the getting the gold ticket, and then they just glance over, and the mother is just calmly cross stitching on the couch. Like, you're going to be very unpopular around here, Henry, <laughs> if you don't produce a golden ticket soon. <laughs> that is a spot on, Mrs. Salt. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Thank if you, you guys need to hire Anita for your parties, oh. she does. She's the lady of three voices. Well, it's, <laughs> I don't know about all that, but I guess let's do this. If you just want her to say that sentence over and over uh-huh. again, she'll kill it. Half the time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Veruca is like the worst kid in the history of the world. I just want to punch her in the gullet. Like, I want a golden ticket now. She's what I like to call a bad egg. Okay. <laughs> hey, don't give a preview right. of the stuff <laughs> coming up. Oh, jeez. Uh, oh, and this is, uh, they do like a couple like little vignette scenes where the guy is uh, in his therapist's office and he has the dream oh, yeah. that the... The archangel came down and told me where to find a golden ticket. What did he say? What is it? It's just a fantasy, a dream. Shut up, man, and tell me where the golden <laughs> ticket is! <laughs> I do That's love those. Such a silly one. And then the one right after that is the computer one. Oh, yeah. I have told this computer, and it's going to tell me where the, the location of the golden ticket. And then he punches a bunch of buttons, and it goes... I can't tell you. That would be cheating. No. <laughs> and he goes, I'll tell, I'm telling the computer that I will share with him the grand prize. <laughs> he goes, I'm a computer. What am I going to do with chocolate? <laughs> I am telling the computer exactly what he can do with a lifetime supply. Oh, man. Mm. And then I think the my favorite out of all of those is the uh, the woman's husband who gets kidnapped and then they they call in with their demands, and their only demand is for her case of Wonka bars. <laughs> and she's right. so like adamant beforehand, and like so dramatic. Anything, like, I'll give him anything <laughs> just to get Harold back. <laughs> and then it's like your case of Wonka bars or your husband. And how long will they give me to think about it? Uh. Let me let me ask you this question, honey. If somebody kidnapped me. And you had a case of Wonka bars. Would you give up that case to get me back? How long do I have to think about it? <laughs> hey! <laughs> you give him that chocolate so I can come home. No, I don't really. like it. No, but really, how long do I have to think about this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so then the, this is, uh, I think, right around the time Veruca, not Veruca, uh, Violet, Violet Beauregard shows up. Isn't it a Violet Beauregard? Beauregard. Beauregard? Yeah, Beauregard. Sam B. here down to Sam B.'s Autos, Miles City, Montana. Mm -hmm. Sam B., it's a guarantee. I like in that scene that that, uh, Violet takes, like, her entire time on television just to stick it to her friend. (laughs) That's my favorite part. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I've been I've been chewing this piece for three months, and boy was she mad! Oh. Hi, Alia, how are you, sweetie? 
Cornelia. I feel bad for Cornelia. I know. She's the worst. She must be a real piece of work. <laughs> and then Slugworth shows up as a a car cleaner. Like, I don't know how this guy gets all over the place so fast. He's, like, doing interviews and, like, cleaning cars. And he's serving uh, the German guy, Wiener Schnitzels. He's just everywhere. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That was really helpful. Yes. Anything else? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> so then it's off to Mike TV. Mike TV. Any thoughts on Mike TV? Well, let me take this as a okay. PSA moment. Go ahead. Take it as a <laughs> PSA moment about gun control Penis or lack thereof. No. <laughs> no. Only when you're 12, son. Crying. Okay, so the mom, I'm sorry, but the mom, you have to, you'll know what I'm talking about when I tell you. But when she goes, I can't even get him away from the TV. He's never even ate a dinner at the dinner table or something like that. She's so proud. She's so, so proud, proud to say like, that oh, she's never fed her son dinner at the dinner table. Now that is a spoiled, yeah, that's ungrateful little brat kid. Yeah, and he goes, I want, a, I want a such and such gun, but my dad says I can't get it right now. Only when you're 12, son. Oh, and then uh, Slugworth is doing the interview at that point. Oh, man. Oh, they're honestly, they're all little. I mean, every single one of yeah. those kids is just little spoiled. Can we talk know? a second about the uh, classroom scene where they have Charlie handling dangerous chemicals okay, with no right, gloves yes. and goggles on? We certainly can. Because I'll tell you this much. Even Okay, so when I was taking chemistry the last time, now I'm, for those of you who don't know, I'm in nursing school. So when I took chemistry about a year and a half ago, or a year ago when I was pregnant, they made me... In, I mean, I had to be in all goggles. I mean, and this is just random stuff, but I had to be in goggles and face masks and, you know, things over, like, gowns, things over my feet, everything, so that I wouldn't get these chemistries on, chemistry, you know, or these uh, chemicals on me. And here, they're in this classroom where he goes, here, kid, hold this. And then they're just, like, <laughs> blowing <laughs> crap up. And there's, like, he has nothing on. Well, no, he, sa he says something like, uh... This is very dangerous Yeah, chemicals. all threes are very dangerous, but mixed in the perfect order, it makes a wart remover. And then he has Charlie hold two of the giant it's jars. bare-handed Charlie. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> just pour them in. And, then and what is Charlie, like, nine years old or something? And they're yeah. handling these very dangerous yeah. chemicals. <laughs> so then, uh... I love the fact that the uh, the guy from Paraguay decides to make a phony ticket as oh. though he's he's somehow going to get over on the world. Alberto no Menuretes. Here's the last known <laughs> yeah, picture of him. Oh, jeez. What is he, the, some kind of underground warlord? The, the Indescom. The, <laughs> the final golden ticket has been found. Emilius <laughs> Anamareta. Mm -hmm. so, uh, so then it brings me to that scene where I was talking about, so they're, these people, Charlie's mom and their grandparents are so poor, they're eating cabbage water and stale bread. They're laying in bed for 20 years, yet they have a television. Thoughts on that? Well, I'll tell you what, it's a tiny little television, and I'm sorry, but if it came down to like, 
me having cabbage water and some entertainment instead of cabbage water and bread for every meal and no entertainment. Personally, <laughs> I would go for the television, to be honest. Then, I don't know. Uh, so Char- I get Charlie that. overhears that the final ticket's been found and he cries in his bed, cries himself to sleep. Let him have one last dream. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, Grandpa Joe. So then, Grandpa uh, Joe, who actually <laughs> reminds me so much of Mark's dad. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And ironically, Mark's dad, Pete, hated the movie Charlie and the Giant. Especially Jolly Grandpa Luka. Joe's character. That's right. He couldn't stand him. He couldn't stand that Because show. he was just like him. That's true. That's true. So then the next day, he uh, he finds out that there is one more golden ticket that, it, that he did fake it. And he finds money in the gutter. And buys some chocolate, and he gets the golden ticket. And this is when we actually get to hear what Slugworth has been saying to all the other kids, that he's going to give them $10,000 if they can bring him an everlasting gobstopper, because it's like such an innovative idea that he wants to dissect it and find out about it. So he tells Grandpa Joe, and then they... (laughs) I don't think that'll be on here. Oh, excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's it's a laid-back podcast. We're having drinks. We're laying in bed. It's, what time is it? It's only noon 30. Noon 30? All right. So then uh, then we get to the dramatic scene where where Willy Wonka is going to make his appearance and bring all the kids into the uh, into the factory. I just don't understand why he's pretending to be hurt when he comes out. Like, what's the whole point of that? Honestly, I don't think that part makes any sense at all, but whatever. Yeah. I don't know. And then he gets to the end and, and flips, and everybody's like, he's all right! Like, yeah. what the... No one has ever met him before, so why does it matter honestly, if maybe, the guy's limping? Maybe because people didn't know what to expect, and he wanted to... You know how, like, his house is a fun house, and he was yeah. trying to surprise... He likes the element of surprise and yeah. whatever, but maybe. I don't know. Yeah, so they uh, they all head into that beginning scene where they have to uh, where they have to sign the contract. <laughs> And that thus begins all the great lines just in this movie. Mm-hmm. He's like, I assume there's an accident indemnity clause. Uh, never between friends. And then makes them sign because <laughs> yeah. they're not friends. Yeah. And then the coat hangers on the wall that are hands. So then they're about to like put their jackets in and the hand, like the hands grasp. Which I assume there's probably just ten people on the other side of the wall P.S. with golden gloves on. I still want that for our house. I want real people just... standing in the wall to grab hats and coats. <laughs> Little surprises around every corner, but, but nothing, nothing dangerous. dangerous. <laughs> Melissa will like that line. It's one of her favorites. So they... Uh... Uh, well, Sam B. does not want his daughter to sign because he no. says that, uh, I use contracts myself, Wonka. They're for suckers. He's like, you wouldn't begrudge me a little protection. So eventually they all sign and then they head mm-hmm. into the first tiny room <laughs> where they're like, just through the other door and then the door shuts and they can't get out. <laughs> and what the hell? Don't I still... Don't be an idiot, Wonka. We just went through there. I can't, uh... I can't ever figure out what Wonka is saying when he's like amidst all the people in that tiny room. He says something like, is that my soul crying out? 
Oh, like they're like, just, God damn it, Wonka, where are we? Is that my soul crying out to me? And then he goes, here we are. And then it's back at the same door they came mm-hmm. through. And, of course, that uh, begins, like, one of my my fa- one of my favorite lines in the whole movie is when uh, he pops open the little piano and then he plays the uh-huh. and then the lady goes, Rock 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 enough. Enough. <laughs> I don't know why. It makes me laugh. <laughs> it makes me laugh, too. But then when the door opens, have you ever noticed that, like, when the door opens? The room is giant. Yeah. Well, I think, I. you know what I, I think? I think it's a movie. So they were oh, able. Oh, God. They were able to just, you know, flutter I past that. I don't even want to get into this with you, head. Oh, God. <laughs> why so then I they're bother? in the, uh, what does he call it? The chocolate room? What yeah. is it called? The chocolate room? like a, the chocolate river oh well no it's it's is it called the candy room or the chocolate room i feel like it was called the candy mm. room or something i don't know i can't remember but they uh thus then begins one of the best songs of the whole movie which is doesn't it come with me, me and, and you'll see a world of your imagination and you will be glad to know, I bought the soundtrack for that movie because, simply because, I, just listening to the songs, <laughs> brings me back to a better time, a oh, simpler time. Yeah, I, just I just candy. listen to it when I feel like, you know, yeah. just feel like being back home or something, you know? And then it's just a montage of them all investigating the candy room. There's, like, licorice trees and balloons mm-hmm. and... Uh, teacups filled with sugar i still want to eat one of those teacups <laughs> yeah. i don't i don't know about everyone else and i want to pop open a rubber ball one sometime and just have pudding just, <laughs> just pudding just i just want to I'd dump like it to, over my head I'd and like eat to, my way out i like to scoop marshmallow <laughs> fluff out of a mushroom well, cap that's what i want to do hey i'll that's what i'm making for <laughs> dinner tonight right to you. He's making fluff right and to mushroom I'm, caps i'm that's making that for dinner tonight so oh, you can just scoop God, it out that sounds so bad <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end of it is when we lose the first kid because uh and p.s that's how you would have lost me (laughs) you would have been leaning over drinking the chocolate river (laughs) you would have been tv mike the one who jumps up and gets lost in the tv in a million pieces i don't know Uh, i think i would have been or uh, the blueberry i would have been the blueberry i think yeah that's probably true but uh yeah he falls in and gets sucked away and that would have been my worst nightmare because I can't yeah. stand even water slides yeah. where it's and you'd a tiny. Be in that oh my gosh! Tube. Yeah, never yeah. mind. I'm not him. You ever seen a bullet come out of a gun, Charlie? Oh God. Oh You're no. about to see it. Oh no! No. Nope. <laughs> Tremendous pressure is building behind him. Oh. The anticipation. I hope it. Lasts. I hope it lasts. <laughs> Oh, God. He's just so twisted. He's just out of his mind. Did you know this about the movie? Is that there was, like, several people in line to play Wonka. Yeah. And Gene Wilder was, like, like the first one who agreed out of, like, there was three people before him. Really? Yeah. God, I would think it would be an amazing part to play. I would have thought he would have been great for it. Obviously, he was great for it. But there was, like, I think there was three other people. I can't remember who it was. But if you look it up, you'll see yeah, what, yeah. Is, what does the mother say? He'll be turned into marshmallows in five seconds. That doesn't go to the marshmallow room. <laughs> no, he goes, preposterous, ridiculous. And yeah. she goes, why? 
Well, that pipe doesn't go to the marshmallow well, room. It goes to the fudge room. That's right. And this what? is, uh, this is, I think, before he falls in. Is that when we meet the Oompa Loompas? Because it's cream and sugaring time. I think it's, oh, yeah, when they first come out, yeah. maybe, yeah. Because then uh, he gives a speech about how he saved them from uh, the wang doodles and the snaz wanglers mm-hmm. and the vicious, vermicious canids or whatever. Yeah, right. And she's like, I am a teacher of geography, and I have never heard of such a place. We are the dreamers that dream. Of the, the dreams. Of the dreams. And creams. But soon after that is when we, uh, when they get on his boat, his creepy-ass boat. Mm-hmm. Which I still don't under, I don't, you know, I think it's just whole, all part of his, like, he's just a really weird, twisted guy. He's eccentric. Because there's all this crazy shit that comes up on the walls. Yeah. It's like snakes the going across people's the, faces. Yeah. Worms coming out of it. We don't know which way we are going. Going. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what, when they get to the end of the boat thing, where are they going to? Is it into the invention um, room? Dare, right after the boat? Yeah, no, that's where it is, see. isn't it? Dare, well, he says, dare invention room. Maybe. Because it's when they read the door where it's like uh, vanilla cream, oh. buttercream, hair cream. No, okay, so isn't that, that's not the bubble room where they go up in the bubbles. I don't know. We'd have to watch it again. We'll have to, We'll watch it right after this. We should have watched it before. Yeah, it probably would have made sense. Yeah. Oh, well. No, I feel like they go into the... I think that hair cream part is after the uh, honkahosh, the mm. wonka wash. Because um, they go into the okay. inventing room and all the kids are there because that's when they see oh. the uh, the everlast- everlasting gobstopper oh, yeah. machine. Yeah. Which really looks like a technical machine because it's covered with a cloth and it's just sticks going in the air. Oh, And something yes. spinning. Yeah, and that looks really official. everlasting gobstoppers start coming out yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah. That and that's another, official. like, my second favorite scene when he's on the bicycle churning the butter. Springtime, any, many, many ringtime. And then he touches the thing. And you go, what, too hot? No, too cold. And then he puts a jacket in it. That's right. And he goes, and then it needs a little kick. Throws in the boots. All right. Okay. He had me until the boots. Okay. He lost me. You in were the all boots. right with the jacket? Well, he said it was, he said it was cold. It needs so a little kick. It needed a little kick. And then I said, you know what? Those boots are covered in filth. And he goes, it's 10% perspiration 100 percent innovation and two percent butterscotch ripple <laughs> goes, yes <laughs> and then that stupid idiot mike tv eats the exploding gum and flies across the room oh and then i think i think right after that is when they do go into the into the bubble thing okay because it's a an invention that hasn't been uh fixed yet so Charlie and his grandpa, that's where they kind of get in trouble because they drink the the magic potion and they start floating to the ceiling. And uh, I just I love when they're side by side doing the flips because you can't tell at all that they're on wires. <laughs> yeah. Because Grandpa right. Joe does oh, a yeah. flip and his jacket He's gets caught facetious. on the wire. <laughs> right. Or when Charlie starts burping to come down. It doesn't look like he's standing on a platform at all, just shrinking himself. Right. <laughs> you know, like that old gag. Let me go down to the basement, you know? And then he just 
make yourself smaller towards the floor like you're mm-hmm. going down the stairs. Yeah. Jeez, oh, please. <laughs> oh, ridiculous. Or wait, maybe is. Oh, uh, maybe I'm getting confused because I think the bubblegum thing, the bubblegum thing, because that's when we lose, that's when we lose Violet because mm-hmm. it's bubblegum and she freaks out because she loves bubblegum. So she bubble starts chewing bu- bubble grim. Yeah. So it's supposed to be a four course meal, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like, tomato soup. And the, what does the dad say? He goes, she goes, and a baked potato with sour cream, baby. Because. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I don't know. And then she turns into a big blueberry. And he goes, we got to get that air out of her. And he's like, there's no air in there. That's it's juice. juice. <laughs> she must be juiced Whoa. immediately. <laughs> I'll tell you one. No, no, I won't. What do you get when you guzzle down sweets? Eating as much as an elephant eats. That's actually from when Augustus goes oh, down. Okay. But he, he, well, Mark was trying. Uh, so was this one, one is, What's this uh, one? it was like chewing and chewing all of the while. It's something about. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's one of the lines. Whatever. We're watching it after this. And then you owe me a public apology. Oh, We're going to have a 45-minute right. podcast of you apologize. Podcast? Podcast. Podcast. Sorry. All right. We're having strawberry so margaritas. So they, they, they roll her away, and that's the last we see of. So after the bubbles, then they meet up with... Uh, oh, don't they go past... They go past the wallpaper at some point, That at that point, too, where... It's lickable wallpaper. Lick a plum. It tastes like a plum. Lick an orange. It tastes like an orange. Lick a snozzberry. It tastes like, like snozzberries. <laughs> That's where he says, she goes, who's ever heard of a snozzberry? And he goes, we are the dreamers that dream the dreams of the dreams. Something like that. So this brings us to the golden geese that lay the golden eggs for Easter. Mm-hmm. I uh, I love blow pops, and I always think that the cherry blow pops, for oh, me, gosh. are the golden geese, the golden goose, because they're the best. So they go in there. Actually, Charlie and uh, and Grandpa Joe have to catch up because they've been effing around in the fizzy lifting drink room messing up the ceiling and burping their way down so they come in to find out that there's giant geese laying gold gold eggs for easter and this is where we lose veruca salt Mm -hmm. because she wants she wants everything well yeah but she wants a golden goose she wants she wants a golden goose but she wants a feast and you you know what she wants she wants a bean feast (laughs) what is a bean feast? a bean feast is actually from england it's an english term and it's it's basically just a a fancy dinner where there's just obviously tons of food tons of like fancy dress and dining and because i feel like if we had a bean feast there'd be a lot of pintos oh okay he hates beans so (laughs) no Unless they're, from, but no, there is one. There is something else. There is one kind of bean he <laughs> likes, 
jelly beans. Oh, if it was a no! jelly bean feast, well, I would love it. He I wants just don't want a feast. bean feast because no. No. something no. would happen. No, things don't uh, happen. <laughs> so she runs around singing some song about how she wants everything and destroys the whole joint. And then she stands on the educated eggdicator. And what do we find out? She is one bad egg. That's right. And jokingly, the father says, so where does that go? And he goes, well, it goes to the to the furnace where all the other garbage goes. And he goes, the furnace. He goes, well, she's got a 50-50 shot because it's only lit every other day. So oh, he slides God. down the gullet after And he her. is also a bad egg. Well, yeah. I think he pushed his way down there. But then we get to the... Uh, no, it said bad. So oh, he, he huh, went on huh. there front front because he's also a bad egg. And then they get to the TV studio, and this, of course, is when we lose Mike TV. I just don't get, I don't get the TV studio part of it, like that he wants to send chocolate bars to people's living rooms and their televisions. How would he make money on that? From the internet. I don't know if the internet existed in this well, film. You don't know. See, if he had waited a little bit longer, he wouldn't have had to spend all that money on that ridiculous technology. He could have just because now candy there's bears. vending machines. Ah. <laughs> and he's broken up into a million pieces and put back together as a tiny man. But then, uh, then they get to the end, and and Willy Wonka doesn't want to have anything to do with them. Sends him away. Well, I wouldn't either. He's kind so, of a weirdo kid. All of those kids are weird. So let's say you owned the chocolate factory. Mm -hmm. And you gave a tour. And all the people you invited in there effed with your shit. Then you get to the end and the one good kid, he still effed with your shit. I don't know if I would even have given him the chance. Even though he did give back the the uh everlasting gobstopper he still effed with his stuff he still drank the fizzy lifting drinks but he did he could have because the guy was taking away everything from him after he was promised and he still did the right thing by okay. not screwing him over and that is the message yeah. is well, that grandpa goodness jo grandpa pays. joe gets really pissed off well, he's like, because he's pop. I'm gonna do everything. He really and is. Pop, he really is. Pop, pop. would have given him the old switcheroo <laughs> and really turned the screws on him. Really would have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get even with him if it's the last thing I do. He right. sounded so much like my dad in that oh scene. Oh my god, it, it is ridiculous. I, I wish your it. dad was around to be a part of this podcast <laughs> <know>. because. <laughs> He just would have been like, I don't know what's happening right now. Uh, whose pants are these? <laughs> Who are we talking to? Right. Is this phone ringing? Is this a radio? Hello? 6105? What, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? And oh. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just like, I still don't understand why everything in his office is half. I don't get it. Who, your dad? No, Willy Wonka. Oh, got it. Okay. I don't understand why everything in his office is half. <laughs> The clock's half, the the safe is half, his glasses are half. Even the contract he reads, he reads a half contract with a half glasses. How is that even possible? I'll tell you what, that sounds irresponsible. <laughs> it really does. He takes he takes a half contract out, out of a half safe and reads you know it with half glasses. It? 
he learned it from that uh, that um, you got no that mu- commercial you got that commercial. <laughs> what do you got? Where uh, Julie Roberts is a voiceover. I think it's nationwide. Where they're like, if someone comes in to steal oh, your stuff, yeah. we're not going to give you half the money back of what it's I worth. Gotcha, so yeah. I think he saw that commercial and thought that looked clever. Now, listen. And maybe let's, I'll just... Let's not talk craziness here. Because that commercial came out many years after the Willy Wonka film. So maybe just, that's where they got their idea. Well, chicken or the egg. Yeah. Agree to disagree. But this is where we find out that Slugworth is, is working for Willy Wonka. But my question, again, in the scene, is Slugworth working for Willy Wonka, or is this guy pretending to be Slugworth working for Willy Wonka? I think he says that he's an employee of mine. No, he goes, Slugworth, and he goes, no, this isn't Slugworth, this is Mr. Wilkins, he works for me. And then he yeah, like, gives so him a thumbs up. Him. But is there a Slugworth? That's all I want to know. I, like I said in the beginning of this podcast, I think Slugworth, just in theory, is the other candy makers. Well, Grandpa Joe gives him that whole speech about how Slugworth, like, snuck spies into the... Okay, into so... And stole his candy secret. Sure. That's, why, that's he why he shut the doors, shut the doors and got okay. the Oompa Loompas. So that's why I'm saying. I think that there is a theory of that's other candy makers trying it's to steal his brilliant... Yes. The other candy makers. Yes. Like Hershey's and Dove. Well, Hershey isn't Hershey... And how is um, how is Dove soap making candy now? I don't understand oh, that. But God. anyways... Anyways... <laughs> So then we get into the Wonka Vader, and he's pushed. All, and I find it hard to believe that he's pushed all the buttons except for the giant red one. Again, that sounds irresponsible and dangerous. <laughs> but boy, do I love but he, it! This is the thing: is he's never pushed the button yet. He knows what it does because he designed the building. Oh, okay. I up, up I, and out. When we got in our house the first time, I saw the stairs. But <laughs> you shut the fuck up! I knew what they I were there for, you in the but I didn't. I, so bad. I hadn't stepped on them. So what have you learned oh, from this podcast? Absolutely nothing. That is exactly the way I like it. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to another unbridled enthusiasm. Thanks again to my beautiful, amazing, vivacious wife for taking this podcast further than it probably could have gone with just me uh probably not but all right you can get it on itunes and podbean and uh you can check out anything mark pulos on largedrunkman.com and tune in next time when we talk about who knows